Welcome to episode six of the Is It Me podcast. I'm Tad, morning show host of B98.5 in Atlanta. You're actually listening to therapy sessions between me and my therapist, Chantel Cohen from CWC Coaching and Therapy. This uh, episode is called Dangerous Waters, Negotiating with the Toddler. If you want your kid to do something they don't want to do, but you know it's for their own safety, should you push them at any cost? How do you recognize when it's time to give up? And is it possible to change your mind in a way that doesn't show them weakness that might come back to bite you in the you-know-what later on? If you like what you hear today, please subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. And if you've got a question or comment, just send me an email, tad at b985.com. We've been purposely torturing our child for the past month, my son Sam, in swim lessons ah. and hates it. I have a little audio clip for you to hear. What is, this is week three, Sam going to swim lessons. The reason that we put him in the swim lessons is because when I was a kid, I, I don't remember how old I was, I, behind my mother's back, just jumped in a body of water. And I remember, like, sinking coming up, seeing, like, the air. Like, it was terrifying at the time. Mm -hmm. This woman saved me. She jumped in the water. But now as an adult, knowing how quickly that happened or how quickly that could happen. and it's knowing, frightening. Yeah, knowing how much my kid means to me. Like, I don't want him to be Michael Phelps. I just want him to be able to stay alive in the water. And maybe we should have started him earlier. He's four years old now. My wife is very anti because of the torture aspect of it because – Every Wednesday when he's got swim lessons, he wakes up, realizing that he's got them, starts begging not to go, says that he has to have breakfast first, and then takes forever to eat his breakfast. I mean, really, like, aware of the situation, um, manipulating the situation. And I'm like, it's a safety thing. And she disagrees, saying, like, he's not ready. So I'm thinking, like, do we let this kid like, if you see my kid walking around the mall or out the shopping center with water wings on on the outside chance, because that's how big my fear is, is, like, keep this kid away from water if we're not going to take him to swim lessons. So I came this – I brought this to you last week. Yes. And you had some very good advice. Well, first of all, what I hear you saying is, is this is really worrisome to you because of what happened to you as a child that almost drowning – I mean, obviously, it would be traumatic for anyone. And when we go through something like that, we often want to make sure that our kids don't experience that. And so what I hear you saying is, I want to protect Sam. And yet, he is feeling all this anxiety, all this angst. And he's telling you, Daddy, I don't want to do this. And so it sounds like the, the dilemma is, what do I do? On one hand, I want to keep him safe to make sure that in an emergency situation, he can get himself out of a pool. And on the other hand, you're watching your son tell you, I don't want to do this. And so what do you do? I mean, you're really between a rock and a hard place here. Ultimately, either way I win, because if he's deathly afraid of water as a result of hating the swim lessons then he'll stay away from water. And that's really what I want him to do is not drown. So Yes. But but in of all course. seriousness, like But he's not really afraid of the water. Well, no, he's just afraid of the swim lessons. Like he on his own will dunk his head below water 
like and come out. He knows how to hold his breath underwater. There's just one little part missing, but it's the idea of the swim lessons. So your suggestion was so as to not because he hates it. He knows we know he hates it and everything. Your suggestion was put the lessons on pause for a year. Yes. But not tell him that we're doing that because he wants us to not letting exactly. him think that he's manipulating or controlling the situation. Yes. You, you want to make sure that he knows that the two of you are in charge. And I don't mean this in any sort of, for those of you who are out there that thinking I'm some horrible parent who is, I just, kids need to know that their parents are in charge. And so just letting him know, Hey, we're going to put this on pause. It, it's summer's over. And now it's, it's, we're going to resume the swim lessons in next summer and we'll go back to it, but then also continue to take him to the pool while it's warm, have him enjoy the water, have him dunking his head, having him feeling really safe, maybe even teaching him some techniques on your own. And he won't even realize that he's learning the same things that you're actually paying someone for. We talked about this on the radio show and somebody called in and suggested when we do go back to the swim lessons, not to take him to the same place because he might have some sort of trauma associated with that. What do you think of that? Yeah, I actually think that's a good idea that there may be something in the environment that could be triggering him. And so making sure that you're going, not going back to the same place. And I was going to mention the the place and um, obviously I, I can't do that. But anyway, I, anyway, I would take him to someone different and you may even want to think about a private lesson or two right before. And I think what's, what's interesting about this is we're always sort of faced with these dilemmas as parents. What do we do in this situation? And I think what made this doubly hard for you, Tad, is the fact that your wife didn't necessarily agree with you uh, and the strategy that you took. In fact, she just immediately wanted to go in and kind of rescue him and say, it's okay. And being a mama bear myself, I think it's really difficult uh, to watch your kid kind of in a, in a way struggle with something. And we do know that sometimes struggle as long as it's not you know obviously psychologically impairing your child that that can be struggle is not inherently bad uh fear isn't always necessarily bad anxiety when we have constant fear and worry for no reason but you've got a legitimate reason to worry about your son's safety given the fact that kids drown etc given the fact that he's maybe possibly developing a phobia with the water what do you do about it take control as a parent get him in the water in situations and we know that sam enjoys being in the water and then also i want you to think about your role as a father and how much confidence fathers provide you've heard me say this before you're extremely important and mothers oftentimes are a sense of safety as well as dads too. But what we know from research is dads really provide this sense of confidence. So getting him in the pool, working with daddy, having fun, but all the while kind of showing him, what do you do? What would you do, Sam? I, I want you to put your head under the water and see how long you can hold your breath. Just so you're getting him having fun, feeling like he's got some 
autonomy and that he can maneuver in the water is really important. And your presence will provide that. And then what you want to do is next year, pick up on that or pick back up on that, take him to a different place, maybe even have him give, get a couple of private lessons and then go from there. And you may even just want to take him yourself if Jessica's having a hard time with it. That was her suggestion halfway through, like two weeks into the lesson. She was like, I can't take this. So you're going to bring him. And so she brings him. He's crying. That's actually where that audio piece came from that I played earlier. And then she leaves. And I'm like, Jessica, now he's got the torture of the swim lesson coupled with the fact that he can't find his mommy. Which was, I was just like, we're just making this worse and worse for him. And I'm not honestly looking to torture him. I don't want him to be afraid of water. I want him to be confident. I also want him to be safe. And like what you were talking about before, it's like, you know, uh, kids have to get shots. Kids have to go to the doctor. They don't like it, but we don't say, okay, well, the doctor doesn't need to see you till next year because we can see this is making you uncomfortable. So it is a delicate balance. It really is, and some of the things that you're talking about are, so we've gone uh, micro, and if we look at and we go a little macro and we start thinking about grit, determination, sometimes being able to face fears, sometimes being able to go through a fearful situation in order to get to a desirable result is an important part of development and growth and his own sense of autonomy. And so when we start looking generationally, and, and I'm guilty of this, of being that parent who is like, oh, okay, well, if they don't want to do it, then maybe, you know, I, guys, I am a therapist in my office, but I'm also a mom, and I don't talk therapeutically to my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, little Johnny, if you don't want to do this, it, I'm a mom too. And I've I've had to challenge myself around you know what's going to be good for connor or jordan or sophia and is this good for their development and and how much in knowing as a parent my dad has always talked about the artistry of parenting is making kids feel especially if you've got more than one making them feel like they're the only one or making them feel like they're all being parented the same way while also simultaneously meeting their unique needs And so when we look at uh, people, millennials get a bad rap. You know I love working with millennials, and it it feels they understand what I do. And yet I do get clients who are struggling with their own confidence. It is a general theme. Um, Probably if you talked with, um, I don't know, baby boomers or Xers, they might say the same thing. But I see high levels of it that – there is a general sense of anxiety and having to go through something at times can make folks feel like um, they're not capable, uh, it's just too much for them, or they underperform and want to be rewarded for things that are just typical. And so I guess I've kind of gone on a, a tangent, but I want you to think about the macro aspect of this, what it means for Sam long-term if he's a kid that is never has to be challenged and asked to do something that maybe produce a little bit of fear. I think you're right on target. 
to help him navigate these waters because you don't want him to be 16 and saying, I can't do this, dad, and being fearful. Okay, so what you're saying is, just to break this down, is the anxiety levels are higher with millennials, correct? Yes, I mean, that's when I, that's like, what, yes, right. yes. And millennials are and, the get-a-trophy generation where they're not challenged, there's no winners, there's no losers. Yes. And so a millennial child would be raised and be told, oh, you don't want to go to swim lessons, you don't have to go to swim lessons, like let them... Why is that? Like, what it just from... Buddy, you don't want to go to swim lessons? Okay. No, you know, life isn't that way. And how were boomers treated differently? They were told, no, you're going to swim lessons, right? Suck it up. Right. So <laughs> how, what, what is the next generation? Like, how am I supposed to do it? What's the right way? Because while millennials may be, have been raised different and may lack confidence in certain areas, there must be something, you know, positive. You just said you liked them. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I love millennials because they kind of, they are unabashedly on a search for self-improvement. And so they get what I do and value it. And so, yes, I have a love affair going on with millennials. But what I will say is that what you're doing is you're still getting him. You're still challenging him. You're just doing it in a way to make sure that he's ready for the challenge. He's four, right? right? And so there are no consequences to him, you know, waiting another year. And so I think that that's good parenting, but I also think you're putting, applying just enough pressure that Sam's not going to crumble. Sam is a super well-adjusted, happy kid. There's no reason why having daddy say, hey, let's go to the pool and work on these things. And he's happy to do that. That's not going to produce any fear. In fact, you're going to be there and that's going to produce confidence for him. I think the audience needs to know that Sam is, he is with this little floaties, is happy as a little clam in the water with daddy and has no issues with daddy or mommy. And so this is really a swim lessons issue. Right. Yeah. Um. And then the other issue is, is, you know, and you may be able to talk about this about in terms of like couples, you must see couples often that disagree because I mean, we didn't, Jessica was sort of like, I mean, how can you argue with me when I'm saying, listen, I almost died when I was a kid. Don't want my kid to die. that would be a tough argument for her to make. But on another issue where it's not so black and white or there's, you don't have the old like death potential <laughs> card to play. Yes. Um, how couples sort of, especially when they're, when you're talking about their kids and how to raise their kids and wanting different things for their kids, one person doesn't want it. The other person desperately does want it. How do you navigate those waters? How do you come to a happy medium or do you? It, it, it can be tough when you have different parenting styles and Oftentimes, I see people sort of kind of fit into roles where one person is more of a risk taker and the other person is not. And obviously, swimming is a fundamental skill that your child should have. By the way, guys, this is TMI, but I am barely a swimmer. I had um, 
in you know i'm african-american so i fit the stereotype but it's not for what you think it's actually i had these tubes put down my ears and they told me that i couldn't swim and then i just kind of missed this window and uh but that does not feel good so i have strong opinions about kids learning how to swim however when you are having a disagreement with your partner what i really suggest is that you sit down independently of your child and talk about the outcome that you want. And then what are we going to do if our child uh, resists or if they're scared? What kinds of things that can we do before we actually decide to say, okay, this is too frightening? Obviously, because Sam is able to get in the water and have a good time, we do know that this isn't like I'm a, I'm terrified of the water kind of situation. Right. So obviously we can take that off the table. Is he going to be psychologically damaged? No, but we think it's, I think it's more of a maturation thing. And so I would talk that over with Jessica and talk about the things that, and I have the privilege of knowing the two of you and Tad, you have a lot of confidence. I, I think that Jessica would not argue that your confidence um, the way you move in the world is um, definitely outshines my ability. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I just, you know, for the audience, Tad has some swag and he's and he's comfortable in his own skin. Outwardly on the outside. <laughs> you see that what you don't know is that there's a small child inside who's terrified <laughs> of water. And so the the point is, is like, how are you going to raise your son? Do you want to raise a confident human being and so that means at some point that Sam is going to be under some pressure and deciding when that's appropriate and being at the swim lessons because you guys are there it feels appropriate I I would just say that it's a maturation thing wait till next year work with them a little bit but I do think that if the outcome is confidence I would start talking with Jessica. How do we create situations where our kid has confidence? And what happens when he doesn't feel as as confident? How are we going to approach that? That is super important that you get on the table, the same page about that. You touched on something briefly, and this brings me to a, another like so, sort of sidebar on this, but it's kind of along those lines. You said, talk about it together as a couple away from your child yes. so that you present a united front to your child yes. so that they don't feel like they're able to manipulate the situation because yes. you do that once and they're going to take advantage of that. What's interesting is, and my mom has told me this and because I was really blindsided by my mom, but my dad, like I was playing in the sandbox one day and he like walked out with a suitcase and I was like, where are you going dad? And he was like, Oh, uh, I'm going away for a while. And I thought on a business trip and he basically turned out to be, that's how I learned that they were getting divorced. Ugh. My parents never argued in front of us kids. Like that was something that I think my dad's mom had told him you'd never fight in front of the kids. Right? So along those same lines of like a united front and don't let your kids see that you guys are disagreeing about certain things no it's how you disagree that's important for them to see if you're a couple that disagrees and you call each other names and you have disdain for each other that's not going to be healthy for them to see on any level however if you're a couple if you can show like yeah i i don't agree with what you're saying let's figure out 
what we do agree on and let's start from there. Your kids get to see you working through an issue and maybe even vehemently argue for something that you feel is appropriate and et cetera. And they see that that's, that's, I think that's more than appropriate. I also think that they need to see like a healthy, a healthy debate. That's why having dinner time is so important that you can disagree, that you can talk about things that there are no, um, there's no bad outcome for it. Let's say that there's something that you guys don't agree on, uh, a particular car and maybe that your kid can see you say, well, these are the reasons why I want this car. These are the reasons why we should do it. Here are the financials on it. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. Here's re- they need to see you guys disagreeing and how you resolve disagreements. It's super important. It's okay to um, to disagree with Jessica. It's if you're belittling one another or putting each other down, which I know doesn't happen with the two of you. So, I mean, I know that for a fact. So that I think would be healthy for Sam to see. The funny thing is you're talking about like, you know, teach your kids how to behave in an argument by having it in front of them and be respectful toward each other. What I try to do is get Sam on my side to (laughs) gang up on my wife most recently (laughs) because I would like to have every meal at the varsity. Their hot dogs, especially their chili dogs are delicious. Hold the mustard. Thank you very much. And so I've got Sam now telling Jessica that he wants anytime she's like, Oh, what do you think we should have for dinner? Sam goes the varsity. Cause he <laughs> loves it. And he can tell that like that. This is something that dad and I love that mom. And she always is like, Oh no, I don't want to have, come on. That's, you know, cause hot dogs are like apparently not very good for you, which is, yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. Yes. They might be full of fat and chicken lips or whatever are in them. <laughs> But what about the health benefits of eating something that you enjoy, right? Well, I I think that this is all in good jest and fun. And as long as there's room for Jessica to say no. Oh, there's room for her to say no. In fact, she does that. Somebody asked me, why do you ask for the varsity all the time? And I go, because once every hundred times (laughs) I catch her in a moment of weakness. And and I need to pounce on that. And now you're teaching Sam to just do that with you. I'll just, Uh, I'll just wait. And I know that if I just asked for it a hundred times that the hundred and one time he's going to be all, they'll, they'll say yes to it. And so being able, and, and it's also important for kids to be able to handle no. So he needs to be able to see that his daddy can take no every once in a while too. Darn it. Why did I have to bring it up? Because now the whole campaign for the varsity has to end, doesn't it? Yes, I have it to does. quietly request the varsity, maybe via text behind Sam's back. Jessica, I have your back on this one. You haven't had the fries and onion rings, clearly. No, I I think I've only been to varsity. I've lived in Atlanta for twenty years and I've been to varsity maybe twice. Well, we're about out of time and it is dinner time. I know you were talking about a salad, which is ridiculous. I'm I'm heading to the varsity. (laughs) 
Thank you, Chantal. You're so welcome, Tad. All right, that's it. Episode six of the Is It Me podcast. Can't wait to get back with another episode. If you like what you hear, you want to get an alert when we do come out with a new episode, just hit the subscribe button. And if you've got a question, a comment, an idea for a topic for us to talk about, just send an email to tad, T-A-D, at B985.com. Thanks for listening.